Welcome to Park Community Church of Norwood Park. We exist to know God and make him known on the northwest side of Chicago. Join us at Tav High School every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We're glad you're listening in, and we hope that this message encourages you. Good morning, Park family. Good morning, Nord Park. Good morning, Forest Glen. I'm so glad we can be together as we open up God's Word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1 this morning, verses 6 through 11. That's where we're going to find ourselves. We're going to be looking in particular at the story of the exalted king. The story when Jesus ascends back into heaven to be with his Father. So we're going to be looking at that this morning. But before we go there, I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. There's a lot of ways for us to give, but I know that these times can be uncertain. They're even difficult. So a few things with this. If if you find yourself in a difficult situation, know that our church is here with you and we want to be able to come beside you with a benevolence fund. We want to be able to come around you and your family in this time. But also, if you're not going through the season, maybe you've continued to work, we want to invite you to still be generous in this time. All right, let's go and look at the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. So if you don't have a Bible, hit pause, go get a Bible, come back. It's important for us to be able to read out of God's Word together. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know time or season that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we had said these things as they were looking on. He was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's the passage we get to read and we get to look at this morning. But before we go there, let me go ahead and pray. Dear God, as we go through looking at your word and the story of how Jesus went back to heaven, went back to be in this intimate fellowship with you, God, I pray that it would be something that would actually fuel us and encourage us and strengthen us, that we would see your plan that we would allow you to move us according to that will, according to that plan. God, I pray that you would protect my words, that whatever words come out would be of an encouragement to your church, that would strengthen the church, that would mobilize the church, that we would walk away men and women that are in love with the gospel, in love with Jesus. So this morning, God, would your word be proclaimed, And would we listen, expecting to hear words from you? It's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. So we're picking up this story of Jesus as he's ascending back into heaven. And the very last scene is of Jesus sitting on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. And it's almost as if he were talking to them. And in the moment of talking, all of a sudden he starts to elevate. 
And he, and he goes into heaven, and, 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 and the disciples are looking up, kind of just staring at Jesus, the, the one who had been teaching them, leaving. And as they look back down, they're interrupted by these two men that are wearing white, these angels that are asking them this question. And it's almost as if their question to them interrupts their thought. But can you imagine being one of the disciples at that time? I mean, you've just walked through 40 days of excitement and you're trying to understand what is God doing with all of this? But all of a sudden now he's gone. What do you do? You don't see him anymore. This is a reminder for us. When you can't see Jesus, be the church. When you can't see Jesus, be the church. And so this morning we're looking at four ways to be the church that I can see in the passage. That's in this passage, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Four ways for us to be the church. And the first one of those ways is to be under authority. In verse 7. See, most of us by this, by this season has been marked by loss of control. We, we like to be in control. It's actually uncomfortable for us to live in ambiguity. Uh, now, when can we leave our homes? Uh, what are the places we can actually travel to? Are there, are there places we can walk? Well, I guess not the lakefront anymore, but, but what are the places that we can go to? See, we're the kind of people that ask follow-up questions to the follow-up question. We want to be in control. We want to have one, two, three steps ahead of the plan. We want to know what's happening. We want to mark what's happening. We are a high need to know culture. Nothing wrong with that. We weren't asked to check our brains at the door of belief. But we also have to be comfortable as we walk with Jesus that he will say words like these. It's not for you to know. It's not for you to know that God has a plan. And he will execute his plan perfectly. In fact, in Isaiah 55, this is what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God has a plan. And our responsibility is to trust his plan and to trust his authority. See, none of us would have designed COVID-19 as part of our plan. In fact, I might say that none of us in our 2020 uh, New Year's resolution included things like stay at home, save lives, or let social distance for a few months. None of us would have done this. But God's plan is a greater plan. It's a huge plan. It's a plan that literally stopped the whole world. See, God's plans are big, and yet our plans are small. It's like we can only see this much, and maybe some of us can see this much, and if we're really talented, we might see this much, but in comparison to what God sees, it's nothing. God sees all of this, and he's making a plan. And so in our plans, we need to look and see what God is doing. For instance, now is not the time to restore the kingdom to Israel. God has a bigger plan to restore the earth to himself. So we need to be under his authority. Now the second way is to be the church is to be empowered. 
verse 8. To be empowered by what? By the Holy Spirit. See, this word powers is the word dynamis. And in dynamis, we, we actually see this. Now, a lot of times people have said, well, it's like where we get our word dynamite from. It's absolutely true, but it's not this explosive kind of thing. It's actually something greater. See, in this word dynamis, it's, it's this ability. It's, it's to be able. It's to have capacity. It's actually the same word that's used as Jesus is doing his miracles in the Gospels. It's the same word, miracles and power, dunamis. He, he's doing these two things. The power doesn't come from you, and we have to remember that. There's nothing you can do to receive this power. You can't muster it up. You can't store it up. You can't find it in a motivational speaker. You can't, you can't achieve it or work for it or pay for it. Your only responsibility is to do what Jesus asked the disciples to do. He asked them to stay in Jerusalem, to just be there and wait for the promise. See, in both Luke and Acts, it's actually recorded what, what Jesus is asking his disciples to do. In, in Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. Or in Acts 1, 4, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. He asked them to, to wait, to simply wait for the promise of the Father. Now, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus is now talking to his disciples, and as he's talking to them, he, he, he brings up this analogy. He says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is asking something here of us. He's saying, you know how to give good things to your own kids. But God won't even withhold his most precious thing, which is his Holy Spirit. But there's something here that this verse says. It says that we need to be asking for it. Now you might say, wait a minute, I thought the Holy Spirit came on us when we became followers of Christ. And that is absolutely true. But if your Christian life is like my Christian life, there are many times where I ignore the Spirit, where I know the Spirit is prompting me, where I have a leaning or an inclination, where I, where I wonder if that's really what's supposed to happen. I live a lot of my Christian life ignoring what the Spirit wants for me. And in that sense, I think it's an invitation for us to be aware of what the Spirit wants to do. That we ask the Spirit, oh, oh God, would you please allow us to see clearly the Spirit working in our life? Would we be able to see clearly what the Spirit wants done, where He needs to mobilize me, what needs to happen? That's exactly what I think this passage is getting at for us. See, see you and I, if we are followers of Christ, indeed we have the Spirit. But are we listening to the Spirit? See, this power that is going to be given to us as the Spirit comes is the power to advance God's kingdom 
And all of us are advancing a kingdom. But unfortunately, I believe it's our own kingdom. Unfortunately, I think we worry about spending too much time and energy building up our own kingdom on earth. And that's not what God wants us to do. His power is to advance his kingdom. And here's the third way to be the church. And it goes along with this one. The third way to be the church is to be a witness Verse 8, it's still there. Be a witness, a witness to Jesus' life and work, to be a witness to his death and his resurrection. As professor of New Testament, Dr. Keck says, he says, the less Jesus is the core of witness, the less power we have. These two things are connected. If we start witnessing other things, the less power we have to do his work. Friends, this is a call to us to keep witness at the forefront. See, witness comes from the word martis. And and martis is the word that we get our word martyr from. See, because this was the faithful witness, this was a faithful martyr, it was somebody who sees and reports what he has seen, what she has seen and experienced, regardless of the outcome. Let that sink in, regardless of the outcome. It might be loss of friends loss of freedom, loss of a job, or loss of life itself. But when you have seen God's mighty power change your life, you can't keep silent. You become a witness of God's work in your own life. Yeah, you might not have been one of those that was standing at the cross. You, you probably weren't one of those who was standing there amongst his disciples when Jesus came back. You, you probably weren't there when Jesus ascended back into heaven. But you were there when Jesus touched your life. Be a witness to what he has done in your life, regardless of the outcome. And what are the things that you could lose? What are the friendships that you might lose by letting them know about Jesus? What, what, are, the, what are the things that you value that you, you might lose as you become a witness? See, Paul reminds the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, this is what he says, Our gospel came to you not only in words, you see, it's got to be in word, but not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Friends, that's how we're supposed to communicate the gospel. May it be a work of the Spirit. May it be accompanied by His power. May we have a deep-seated conviction. Oh, would we be witnesses? The verse continues on, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, this is actually the outbreak. This is how the whole outline of the book of Acts ends up. It starts to show us how the church actually was faithful to this outline. They started in Jerusalem, but then they went to Judea and then they went to Samaria and then they went to all the earth. They were committed to this. These were their marching orders. This is what they grabbed onto. This is what they lived by. And friends, this is what Park is committed to as well. 
You know, we, we want to be a witness here in, in Chicago. We want to see new churches. We want to see churches popping up in every single neighborhood. We want to see churches in different ethnes, different, different people groups, different language groups. That's what we want to see the gospel coming into. That's why we're committed to seeing church plants. But we're also committed to cross-cultural work. That's why we have global partners. We are so convinced about this that even our lead pastor who had spent years here in Chicago seeing the work of the gospel continue to advance, stepping to go to Turkey. Yeah, Jackson and Donna this summer, Lord willing, will be able to sell their house and then move to Turkey to be an encouragement to the church there. I actually just got an email from Donna this week telling us about that this weekend is actually the, the global day of prayer for Turkey. Now, the cool thing is that it actually coincides with the showing of the Jesus film on TV, friends. They're going to be able to see the story of Jesus. Man, would we stop what we're doing and pray? Let's just stop and pray that God would do something amazing in Turkey as, as people are asking questions. Let's stop and, and see what God could do through the showing of this film. Friends, what we are called to right now is to pray. We want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see God's glory filling every space on this planet. We want to see Christ lifted up and worshipped. And each of us has a role to play with that. Now, some of you who are watching, maybe you've never entertained actually going. But if the Holy Spirit is stirring you to go, there is no better place than in the, in the presence of his will, exactly where he has you. Lean into that. Don't let your fears take you away. You might say, well, this is a crazy time to start thinking about that. Have you looked around? There's not much movement going on, but, but God might be doing something amazing in your own heart. Would you consider going? Would you consider being part of this whole global movement to see the gospel spreading through all over the world? That's the third way, to be the witness. See, see God, used, God used persecution in the early church, and I believe that God is using COVID-19 in our church. I believe that this is a season, this is a time when God is taking the roof off the church I believe this is a season, this is a time where people will be able to see in and see what's happening inside the church and God, and what will they see? Friends, what are they going to see when they peer in? Are they going to see a movement of people who are excited about the gospel? Are they going to see people that are just worried about self-preservation? Oh, let us be concerned with the gospel, friends. All right, so that's the third one is to be a witness. Now, the fourth and last one of way to be the church is to be an expectant church, to expect Jesus' return. See, verse 11, as the two men are there, as they're interrupting the gaze of the disciples, as they're looking up, this is what they ask him, why do you stand looking into heaven? Why are you standing here just looking straight up? It's almost as if these angels were telling him, there, there is no time to waste. Don't be concerned with what's happening around you. Do what he asks you to do, because he will be back. He will return. 
need to be anticipating. We need to be on our tippy toes. Are we anxious? Are we excited to see the return of Jesus? Because he will return. No matter what your eschatological bend is, no matter what you believe about the end times, we live between the comma and the W. You might say, hey, wait a minute, explain that for me. Let me let this picture explain it for you. In verse 11, we see this Jesus was taken from you into heaven. Comma, space, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We have this hope. We have the hope that Jesus one day will return just as he left. We have to be an expectant church. When I was a student at Moody, Dr. Stoll told a story of one of his friends who had left a really good job and opened up a home in Wisconsin for children who had Down syndromes. And he said one of the beautiful things is that they get to share the gospel with these kids and they get to share with them about how Jesus came to earth and how Jesus died and how Jesus rose again and as he went back to his father, but that one day he would return. Then he stopped and he asked Dr. Stoll, he said, do you know what one of our greatest physical needs is? Uh, One of our greatest maintenance issues is? He said, I don't really know. He said, it's it's washing the windows. Our windows get dirtied every single day as the children wake up and they go to the windows and they look through their window, putting their handprints, putting their faces up and just staring into heaven, just wondering if this will be the day that Jesus returns. Friends, do we have dirty windows? Are we looking through our window to see if Jesus is going to come back? Because God has a plan. And his plan is going to go directly as he chooses it to go. Friends, let's be the church when we don't see Jesus. Let me pray. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to spend time in your word. Thank you that we get to listen to your word. Thank you that we get to be challenged by your word. Oh God, I pray that we would be the church that is totally equipped for this season, for this time to advance on mission, to not hold back. Even as we see Jesus ascend and go back to heaven, would we now be a church that as we look up, we don't see Jesus, but we know that we have a calling. We know that we have a mission. That mission is to be the church in this time more than any time in our own history, in our own lives. Oh God, would you do amazing things through Park? Would you do amazing things through Forest Glen? Would you do amazing things through Norwood Park for your glory, for your honor, and for your name's sake? It's the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We'd love to see you join us in person. You can find more information at parkcommunity.church slash Norwood Park.